Peace. This is the Ask Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. So we're starting 2020. To start 2020, I thought the best place or a good place for me to go would be what I guess I'll call holding my holding myself accountable by doing. Right. I want to talk about power. And power in how that shows up and how uh, what's how it's showing up for me right now and and also how I think it applies to self-development as all things with this show uh, as it applies to self-development and showing up in my experience in development as a man um, but on a universal level how people uh, orientate and engage with power how power shapes the world in fact meaning in the material sense uh, how power affects or impacts the world on the more the uh the structural the mental emotional social construct level uh things to be things and just generally what's uh on my head at the moment in relation to that so so i think a good place to start first is with a definition uh, now for me power uh, basically means at its most basic level the ability to impact your environment uh, now in physics power is the rate of doing work or transferring heat i.e. the amount of energy transferred or converted per unit of time having no direction blah 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 um, it's a, you know and it's a scale quality meaning it's for something to um, you know, measure its intensity, um, rather than you know where it's going or where it's not going. Um, and I, and I popped that one out of the off the off the off the Wikipedia, um, but that is also consistent with what I remember from the last time I sat down with a physics book, and in, in in that sense, so we're gonna roll with that. Now, uh, this is important for me. Because one of the things I think about a lot with um, your, you know, your self-development, my own development is um, your relationships with power and how that shows up uh, in your early life, um, what it, how it impacts what you think about yourself, how it impacts what you think about others. I would say also the prevailing notion in the communication and social streams that I've been in um, in the last 10 years, especially around black men, there's a couple of concepts that repeatedly pop up in terms of, uh, or I see as a, as a source of conflict, uh, relationship-wise, community conversation-wise, um, and where folks but, I don't know, buttheads may be too strong of, of a word, but where there is some tension and and that is around the you know how power impacts what black men or are or are not doing how black men show or don't show up and other men as it you know spreads out or uh, perceived power is a really big deal i often uh, 
find myself in conversations where someone is explaining to me how one social group or ethnic group or uh, community has this level of power versus the power that we have and therefore that's why this is happening with us or not happening with us or why we don't need to be worried about them or why we shouldn't be concerned about that often comes up in the discussion of the relationship between black men and black women that black women have more relative power within this society and simultaneously I will hear the other side or uh, or the other perspective on that and that the most disempowered uh, group of people within this society are black men black women rather pardon me uh, I myself think it's one okay to embrace the complications and the nuance that yes and, and, and this is for any of you if you actually do a, you know ever, ever participated in a real uh, you know analysis of you know the way sexism racism and other things interact within the power structure of our society that being American society then you know you will get to the folks that are most often in the most disadvantaged position are black women on a broad level. Now there are certain spots and pieces of things where, you know, that equation, or if we look at statistics, you'll see that, you know, okay, yeah, like these things don't line up the same way. Right. And if we sometimes in our rush to be, to feel strong, uh, we can overlook our ability to actually embrace and see the complications, to see the nuance, and to honor that. So before I get too far off on that, let's sit with just the concept of power for a moment. And again, like in physics, a great, great simple equation is power equals work over time, right? So work, you know, being the activity, time being the measurement where you use to... Uh, to 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 give some parameter to what you're measuring, right? Now I've always felt that it's important in life to set some parameters before you try to make an evaluation about something. Meaning, if you ask me, man, what do you think of that guy, or what do you think about him, or what do you think about this company? Uh, my next question is usually going to be to try to ask you to give me some parameters, right? Some sort of limitations in order to make measurements, because the slice of time I might have with a person is not a lifetime measure. It is not a full calculation or assessment of their existence. I can only speak to what I've experienced, and then I can, from there, maybe what I've got from secondary sources as, as, a, as meaning someone that's close to them, someone that's worked with that person, someone that has uh, used that service or business someone that has visited that place, someone who's walked in those shoes in some way to give me more insight that then I can use what I know about human society and the world to at least get to a, a reasonable assessment based on the data that I have, you know, which always comes with the, you know, with the, the, the grain of salt that I would adjust this assessment based on better information. So back to power. So in my own life, one of the key things or very important things I felt in my own self-growth was being given the power over something, right? So that might start with 
your toys is what I remember. And my mom specifically stressing, well, those are yours, so you have to take care of them, right? So those are your action figures. Those are your Lego blocks. Uh, those are your Matchbox or Hot Wheels cars. And and I had dominion over them to protect them, to use them as I saw fit and deal with what would happen to them if another kid, you know, I let the kid down the street play with my action figure and he smashed his head with a rock, right? That's on me. Like, I have the power to make that decision or to decide that whatever, what is right and wrong as it pertains to that object. Now, I bear witness, it's an object. We're not talking about people who ride with me so we can get to the deeper understanding. So that early experience of these are the things I have power over. So I have power over my toys. Um, I have power over my uh, the clothes that I'd wear. I had power. I had some things in some areas of my life that I had power and control over. Let me go again. I had power over my my toys and things that were given to me, my books. I had power over my bed, right? Me and my brother, the earliest remembers, at least we had bunk beds. And, you know, his bed was the top bed. My bed was the lower bed. I had power to the power to make that bed. had the power to sleep in that bed in any direction I wanted to sleep in it. I had the power to uh, rear, change the sheets when I felt it was time to change the sheets. Uh, I had power over our room and then anywhere else within the house. And this is just a small, this is, I'm talking about, you know, little kid, like five. You know what I mean? I had power. I had to check in, right, with the higher authority. That was um, my mom's and my father before he passed. Uh, when we started living with my mom and my grandma, and that was my mom and my grandma. Uh, and they held a higher level of authority, but I had, you know, dominion to make decisions around those things that were in my purview. And one of the early things, and I think was really important and helped with my own development, is having, knowing what I did have actually, and being trusted to make decisions about and live with the ramifications of those things that I had power over. As I aged, uh, that moved to, you know, things that, that also had attached to them socially and reality a little bit more um, margin for for harm for myself or others uh, or risk, um, i.e. bicycle, right? So you get your bike, you get your first bike, and, you know, first maybe you're only allowed to ride, you know, you stay on the block or you can ride in the back right here where I can see you or you can ride, you know, over here, you can ride up to the park and back. You can ride when you're going with, you know, the two kids next door. You're going with this one or that one, but you can't go over here. Eventually, you know, at least for me, you get to an age where uh, you got the bike. It's the afternoon. My mom works. My grandma works. There's nobody here till maybe 6 o'clock, maybe 7, to be asking where I'm at if I go and we ride three, four, five miles away from where I rest to go do whatever, right? The, I had the power to make a good decision. 
Now, we may not always frame our lives that way, right? You might think about, well, I was just out being a kid playing, but you were assigned responsibility, right? To me, the power to impact the world always has responsibility. And that responsibility is something that, as our sense of self develops, impacts how we relate to power, how we also judge others and assess others on how they use their perceived power. So you may not have perceived yourself at 10 years old with a bicycle and no parent or adult to report to from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at a time when you had power. But you had power then, actually. You were actually entrusted to use those three hours within whatever the parameters you were given and then act in in a, in a tune in accordance with that. Some of us may use that time just to go go to, go play ball somewhere, go to a park. Uh, maybe you was riding or maybe you was out doing, I don't know, scams and schemes or chasing behind somebody else that you admired in your neighborhood or in your community in some way, positive or negative, meaning you maybe you was up with the local kid guys that was really good at ball and you trying to play ball too and you playing football with them or you playing basketball or handball. Or maybe you chasing the neighborhood drug dealer, you know what I'm saying, or drug dealers, or various forms of uh, you know hustlers and what have you, who you saw something that they had that was powerful and you wanted to be a part of it, so you were using your time to pursue that, right? These are all examples of power and, and power within your own development, right? So the strong force that I always think about in your life and the tone that it gives you sets up often how you're going to use you know what power you have now then this starts i've already peeled into the concept of status and status is an important concept uh for me and it relates to power and it, in terms of self-development in a, a very basic way now one i'll give you a simple definition of status as a relative social professional or other standing of someone or something um, the position of affairs at a particular time, especially especially in politics or commercial context. Now, I'm not really thinking about that second one, but the first one. Um, where you fit and sit within your social group is a very important part of human life and human development. For people who have experienced the trauma that my community has experienced one of our areas where we have tension is the development of status because status is important in a sense because in terms of the standing that you feel you have and where you fit within the world that is yours when I talk about history in this country, in black history, very specifically, our ability to discuss how existing in a society that for the majority of the time we've been here, we could be subject to violence without anything else to protect us but ourselves generationally impacts how we perceive and how we feel and how we act. So when you read a uh, a poem from Langston Hughes, 
from the Renaissance era or or Conti Cullen or Reeves Mazur, Neil Hurston or um, any of the other greats of that age. And some of the concepts they're wrestling with are the acknowledgement that some of us, some that we that things are not as they were for their for their very immediate grandparents, many of them who may have been in bondage still, right? Things are not as they were, but also meaning so so when I say things are not as they were, meaning they have the day to day experience of the realization of a different status within the society and a different type of power than those who were close to them had. Also, things are still there's still the very clear that at any moment this could be taken away from me. I could be attacked. Uh police could harass me and if I'm a say I'm a shop owner or, or a club owner that's hosting musicians and making good money. Any number of entities that are connected to white people or white you know power as it were can come and extort me for money and there will be no legal entity that can protect me now uh i made through other series of connections or status or my relationship with some other you know another group of um folks higher up in the in the american power structure be able to fend off you know certain things but I need a, an interconnecting network that does not include the the actual idea that like my rights as a citizen and all those things will be a part of what can protect me. Furthermore, we uh, have a a common understanding of socially who will keep us safe, meaning so within family, you know, it may only be certain people in my family that my family may be the only people within the context of the neighborhood that can keep me safe. So if I'm from a family with a lot of cousins and we're close and we're tight knit and people know, oh, don't mess with the Joneses. You was over there messing with the, with the who? Nah, man, leave them alone. You know what I mean? People know what time it is. And if you are a person that's isolated, maybe you're, you up here in this new place and you ain't got nobody. You ain't got nobody from your town. You ain't got nobody that knows you. You may the only thing you may have to protect you is your willingness to fight. <laughs> right, so violence has a place that shows up in our you know community and cultural history. I think different, at least in this land, than than others. Um, so you know, not to dwell too much in that you know very abstract piece. So zooming up to now, for a lot of people, you know what one does to indicate status is also about indicating their power. So, give you an example. For some of us, you know, you get a certain kind of car, which either it's cost, meaning it's relative value, implies that you have access to the means, the resources, and any assumed other things that come with those means and resources to have that car, to possess that car, to drive that car through this type of neighborhood or that type of neighborhood, and other people just can't take it from you. Now, that means different things for different people. If you are out here in an environment where, where more people do not have the ability to exist with a very expensive car, 
heavy jewelry and chains around your neck, expensive watches, expensive clothes means it 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 gives the indication and everyone that knows these things in a, at a more innate level will know that yeah he's out here rocking that and carrying himself that way because he's with the business and or at least we think he is right that's that's where that shows up uh it's sort of the um and also on a on a different note same chord if you are maybe in a more working class environment more working class to middle class environment situation you may show your status and your implied power by you know the way you keep your house up uh, again the cars you drive maybe the fact that you you know you don't do it all with the big chains and all that but you got the super crisp suits or you got the other designer labels rocking your know, your watches it's it may be more subtle right it's not the overt style i mean it's it's the same thing though that this is an indication of status and power uh now i know some people are like well i just like these sneakers i just like these clothes yeah you do but also you you know you're very cognizant of it's like let me give you let me give you an example i drive a toyota prius The amount of times I hear, oh, man, you drive a Prius? From folks, from men, especially from other black men, you know, who especially if they, you know, know me and we started talking and we, we adding on, you know, developing our relationship, you know, transmitting information back and forth. And then they're like, all right, wow, you know. And we'll see where they're processing that they would have some thoughts about themselves if they drove a black Prius, right? If that was the car, was their car of choice and their car uh, that they needed to move through the world, then on some level, because for a lot of people in, in our community, the type of car you drive is an indicator of, like, self and who you are and, and power, and, and you want to, you know, yeah, I, you know, I drive I drive a Charger, I drive, I drive a Mustang, I drive... A Benz, BMW. I drive a truck. You know, got SUV. You know, big seats and stuff, ramps, and all that's cool. Uh, the so I'm not judging the decision to drive or what kind of car. It's just not something that I derive any sense of my strength in, in that way from. I do do drive, derive from one of my one of my strengths. My important concepts to me and my sense of self is my pragmatism. And doing what I think I need to do to be a most effective in the things that do really matter to me, right? So for me, status indicators is is how I take care of my family, how I treat the people I love, how I show up when I'm needed, how I dress, uh, which you know probably would be needs to be an episode all into itself, especially right now as I'm moving through a transition and. And, and those things but how I dress is a part <clears throat> of how I see myself and see my strength what I choose to buy and not to buy uh, how I spend my time and how so generally how prepared am I, I am to to be the person that my attribute justice says I am in the world those are some of my day-to-day -day indicators of power 
and there's a level of privilege. So I can drive a Prius and at, you know, my height, weight, and power, feel fairly confident for the most part and also my age. I'm 43, I'm six foot one, you know, one one with one with a little gap with the right shoes on. And over 200, you know, or at least right now, not the best thing, but more like two still probably in the 270 range. Um, it's not a lot of people unsolicited that just want to, you know, it's weight classes for a reason. And by, you know, and also the way I move in my life, that's it, you know. I don't get in and out the car looking like, you know, a sheep. <laughs> um, also, I've crafted and built my life in such a way that for the most part, I don't have to think about that. I don't have to make that a part of my decision making. And I understand that that's a privilege and I understand that that's an indicator of sort of the power that I have. The privilege, you know, status, privilege are also, which, you know, I didn't warn y'all, but privilege is coming to the conversation now. It's also right. So these things mix together. So I know and understand that there's some folks as brothers that are not in a position where they can deal with the perceived weakness that driving certain types of cars may give other people, right, about them. They can't, uh, They maybe they can't afford a car at all. You know what I'm saying? They gotta they gotta think about just, you know, doing other things, scrapping and surviving. I understand also there's people that um they are now in a maybe working and operating at an executive level where whether it's good or bad, you know, you the CEO or you a high ranking executive in a Fortune five hundred company or even just a large Fortune one thousand company, a large company, or where you got a staff of maybe fifty people 60 people that report to you and they know you are sort of the one of the highest paid people, the person whose word makes things go here. And in some of them, you jumping out in the in the late model, they ain't, it's not even a new Prius, it's old Prius. You jumping out the old Prius, you know what I'm saying? Even if you look at Sharp and you, you coming ready to bang as it pertains to your, to your, to your professional endeavors, they may sort of, you know, he out here driving a Prius? I like Priuses. I'll tell you right now. But I'm, I understand how what we associate with objects relates to how we perceive someone's strength, how we perceive their status, and then due to that, what we give them the privilege to do or not do, to be or not be. These are uh, important things and there are also things, though, that you have to take the time to make some decisions about who you're going to be. Because the other, the, other, the other flip of that is how you perceive and think of others and how they impact you. So zooming up to go for this piece to go back to the earlier piece of my own, you know, growing up. So one of my unhealthy relationships with power and authority that I learned I've had to fight off and continue to fight off as I've aged is either being overly concerned with not getting the outcomes I want. So therefore I will not uh, attempt certain 
things. Um, so I could be specific around like employment opportunities, right? So my understanding of the uh, of the employment world that I ingested through how I came up was that you needed to have certain credentials, and if you don't have those very specific credentials, don't even waste your time talking about employment in certain fields even if you think you you know one your 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 basic personal intellectual capacity means you can learn the work uh two maybe you know something about it although or know a lot about it you just don't have any um, direct employment space experience but you understand the area and or also that generally people like me black men of a certain age the only way we will get consideration is to come in strapped with the heavy duty, you know, letters behind your name or whatever. I've learned that for certain people, none of that matters. They just go go up, apply and start talking for all kinds of jobs. And then also other people, certain people will give those same people opportunities because they like them or they have a hunch or this and that. And sometimes, I mean, especially if you're, you know, a charismatic, charming individual, you may be able to pull off that too. Uh, but I I did not believe, I did not think, I did not understand that that was a, a type of power or privilege that I could access for more parts of my life than I'm happy. Uh, more parts of my life than I thought, I guess. Uh, yeah, like part of me, I now realize, and I've learned very well over the last 10 years, that the downside of putting yourself out there is largely small unless you're making promises that you can't keep within a circle that can impact you. And what I'm trying to say is I was assigning more power to some of those employers I was interested in some of those places I need, I would have done better to at least apply and see if I could get in the door on an interview. Uh, if I would have reached out and tried to extend my hand just to get some information from someone on the inside that knew some things and then see if I could use that as leverage, a concept that relates to power, to get an opportunity to see if I could move into that space or that type of work. I assigned a certain level of power to impact that environment to those people and and then made the decision that my power was not capable of moving that situation. This is something that I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of men do. I find myself in conversations where I I I feel I'm, you know, adding on with a brother and He's sort of kind of giving me different excuses as to why the power structure or the power that these other entities have won't allow him to manifest himself in the way that he thinks he should be or that he's not doing what he needs to do because these powers are against him and that therefore those powers are the ones that are most important for him to see success. I often don't agree. Uh, I often experience uh, brothers feeling the presence of that power or force that is most is currently moving in their world. As an example, the child support system. 
and then get engaged in these conversations about the unfairness and this and that and how they, you know, so I'm doing all these complicated machinations to figure how to relieve this very specific thing's presence, but doing it in a way that, you know, we're making even like, you know, complicated, long-winded, broad ideas about women, about the structure of society, about, you know, national status and federal, you know, all this like citizenship roles, all this stuff with something that because of how it's impacting you, you know, if you know anything about stress in the human brain and the body and when something stresses you, it actually moves where your brain tries to resolve the issue to different parts of your, your cerebral cortex. And it can, as I see it, never experience it also can lead you to uh, not the most well-regulated machine you know, or mechanism rather to resolve that particular problem. So your power and status and your privilege point to where it can often point to where you may or becomes a place where there's leverage for or against you. Or for or against, you know, your particular interests or the interests of your community or your body. So some places that, uh, and I think this is the right time to pivot to this, to start getting towards a close is well what did, what do you do with all this justice right what 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 do I do with this here's what i here's my prescription this is my my start off for twenty twenty is is the first thing is is it it takes some time to get a sense of what you what you care about and then how do you how are you how effective are you in keeping those things at the center of your life? And how do you impact them coming into existence? You know, if you have a good relationship and you, you know, you're married or whatever have you, you're in a long-term partnership, whatever the terms and the concepts that you use to acknowledge that, man, look at that and one, be acknowledged like, yo, I have a good relationship and it's not magic. I have a good relationship with this person because of how I move in the world. That, that, is, a, that is an indicator of your power. That is something where you're strong. That is something where you are impacting the, your own reality and the reality of this person you love and care about so that y'all have a mutually beneficial experience. So, you know, that's as an example of somewhere to start. Think of some other things, whether it's your work, your professional things that you're doing, um, maybe your, your, your cultural life, uh, maybe, you know, if you're dealing with um, whatever nations as it pertains to the religious, spiritual concepts, you know, if that's something that's working for you, you know, you put a lot of energy, you put a lot of work over time into that. So acknowledge if that's something that's bringing back rewards to you, that's somewhere where you have power. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is to think about those things that get that reaction out of you where you feel threat or the need to 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 challenge an idea that maybe under maybe undermines or at least questions those activities, you know, challenges your sense of status 
is to explore like you know what 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 things do you think give you status what things are important to you because they become a part of how you see yourself and reinforce the idea of who you are and have spend some time to be comfortable engaging with whether or not like what's the source of that are those is that a good is that a good thing that's something i need do is that something i actually need uh We've just come out of the season of the year where a lot of people's status is flaunted around, you know, with 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 robust largesse. Uh, that's probably funny to put those two words next to each other, you know, but the holiday season is a time where especially people that have a lot of money feel obligated to spend and to buy and to give as an indicator. They feel obligated to spend, to give, to fund all kinds of things as an indicator to show, you know, how much money they can spend. Look at our house. Look at these fancy crystal glasses and this and that. And we're going to have the really nice holiday party. And I'm going to do the other thing where then I'm shaping a community or a world around me that acknowledges my strength. I do my New Year's whatever thing every year. We go to Vegas, pop it with the homies, da, da, da. whatever it is, right? It, wherever you sit within our different levels of society, there may be some way that you feel obligated, you know, as a, if you're a manager in a, in a company or business, you may feel obligated to give out gifts to staff. Uh, if you are in a, in a, you know, I know some folks, feel obligated to, to to give people Christmas gifts even though they ain't even into Christmas because that cause Christmas means something to those other people so they feel like they still have to participate. I don't know, you know, process it, think about it, but think get a sense of your status. Do a little research. Do a little reading. Get in, get a sense of that. Then get in tune and check in with where you afforded certain privileges. Whether those are privileges that have been derived from how you move or the privileges that were unearned, meaning you just came in with them. You come in with them and to a deg whatever degree you will be able to move without as much restriction based on that. Whether that's your race, your gender, size, demeanor, language style, um, able-bodiedness, what have you. Look at those. Just put a, start to, to, to get a sense of how those things are moving in your world, how you're operating with those, and how they impact who you think you are. Because for me, in 2020, I'm in tune with certain pieces, and there's stuff that I want, I need to enhance, and there's other stuff that I need to, I need to, I need to adjust, I need to fine tune, so that it is not something that is causing drag in my ability to move and deal with free transportation. So with that, I'm going to prepare to wrap on this uh, first episode or this first version of what other podcast for this year that I'm not going to give a particular name at the moment on the air, but it'll probably be a name in the title um, by the time I release this in the next uh, day or two. Some things to get you prepped, as I stated in the previous episode, I am going to re-release uh, two of my episodes that kind of fell out of the loop from last year uh one will be they'll be out on friday 
this week and Friday of the next week. And then there'll be more to come, you know, in, in the coming days. As uh, Like I said, I'm doing something, there's some things differently. Uh, and with that, I'm going to start to close this up. Thank you for listening to the Ask Your Old Head podcast with Justice Raji. Thank you to Copper Consulting. Thank you to you, the listener. Please rate, subscribe, share, pass along. Play it in your office if you feel so inclined. Play it while you're doing the Sunday cleaning. Give me some feedback. You can find me anywhere on the internet at Justice Raji. That's J-U-S-T-I-C-R-A-J-E-E. You can go to AshYourOldHead.com and find every episode of the podcast posted there. You can also go to AshYourOldHead.Libson.com to find every episode of the past of the past of the past podcast releases. I can't talk. Also, you can locate and find all of the podcasts on YouTube. Uh, there will be some other videos dispersed in there in the coming year as I get to work on some great, great collaborations and some other things uh, with some friends and partners. If you like what I'm doing, feel free to let me know and even do a better turn, pass it to someone that you know and you know, at least give them a listen, tell them, give them a chance to hear what you, you know, what you, what you liked about what I'm doing here. Uh, you can find me most often on Instagram at Justice Raji. You can find me on Twitter, which I'm getting into a little bit more from now, time to time. If you like the show, grab yourself a hoodie at the Etsy shop. If you search Ask Your Old Head on the Etsy or on the internet, it'll come up. But also the link is right there on my Instagram top of the page. It's also on the pot, on the, uh, the blog. So at AskYourOldHead.com pictures in there, there's images, photographs I've taken of some of my guests and other things. All of this is important to me and is a part of what I've been trying to do creatively with this podcast for the last four years. So I appreciate any engagement and any sharing that you can do. So with that, I'm going to catch up with you on the next one. Thank you for listening. Peace.